Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You need to know exactly where your food's coming from. That's the, the clientele that buy the menu every week. Keeping your eyes open and your ear to the ground, essentially, and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that, that provenance, that ability to not just know where something came from, but to really know the, the ins and outs of how it was raised mm-hmm. is really important. G'day and welcome to another Capital Cookbook 3 podcast. This is the Quicksand Food Connection and I'm Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Tony Howard. Tony is one of the organisers of the Capital Region Farmers Markets. The Capital Region Farmers Markets are Canberra's largest and most visited farmers markets and they're run every Saturday morning from Exhibition Park in Canberra. It's a project of the Rotary Club of Hall, which means that the profits from the market go back into Rotary's community projects. The markets have become a Saturday morning ritual for many Canberrans and the idea that Tony has is to provide Canberrans a place to buy the freshest, highest quality produce that they can directly from the farmer and at the same time support local agriculture, farmers and small business. It's a really interesting conversation. Shopping at farmer's markets is one of the things that really builds a healthy food culture in a community. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Tony Howard from the Capital Region Farmer's Markets. So Tony from the Capital Region Farmer's Markets, thanks for talking to me. Do you want to just start by telling us how the markets came about? How did it all start? I mean, this place is a weekend ritual for so many Canberrans. And it has been for a long time now. How did it all start? Well, uh, it started in 2004, uh, or a little before that, when we first uh, conceived the idea. Our Rotary Club was looking for a project that was sustainable, um, and at that particular time there were a lot of farms and producers who were struggling with the drought. If you remember back about 12, 14 years ago, there was a very severe drought on. Um, And our Rotary Club decided that that's something that we could do to assist people who who were producing, give them a, uh, a paddock to plate or a farm gate um, uh, opportunity so mm-hmm. that they could come in and, uh, and, and bring their stuff in. So that's where it all started. That was conceived by a couple of people in the beginning in our club um, and it went forward from that basis. We started off with about uh, 15 stalls the first time. We were terrified about uh, sustaining it through winter. Um, but as it happened, it just grew and grew. It became very popular very quickly. Mm-hmm. And people of Canberra adopted the, the concept of um, beautiful, fresh product. And authentic, authenticity is our, is our watch cry, really. And the thing that drives this market and keeps it as, as professional and 
as uh, as popular as it is today because people come here uh, knowing that they're dealing with the producer, mm -hmm. they're talking to the producer, and they're taking home the, the freshest stuff that you could possibly buy. Yeah, exactly. And and I guess creating cr creating that experience, there's a sort of a you put some specifications on you know there's limitations on what you're allowed to do you you want people to be talking to producers so there's not you, you can't necessarily be from you know a faraway place and just send someone in with you no product. we don't we don't our, our, our rules are fairly strict and they're there for a very good reason uh, and and you've just touched on it um, we need people to be standing behind their product and with their product uh, who can explain what they do and how they do it and do they use sprays and do they not and are they organic uh, and, and our rules basically are fairly simple that you have to be the producer, you have to come here. We're not really concerned about how far you come from, providing you can come here um, and you are genuine. Mm. The other thing that is particularly important is that we uh, inspect every, every single stallholder is inspected on, on application when they first come here. Mm -hmm. And then we have a regime of inspections that run through um, through ad hoc through the year where we'll go back and re-inspect. So if they're growing carrots and we go out there and inspect them, they better have carrots in the ground. Mm -hmm. um, one, of the, one of the fantastic things about a farmer's market is the dynamic nature of it. And being the largest farmer's market in the, in, in, in the region, in the AZT, I'm sure you've got a higher supply of stallholders than, I mean, a higher demand from stallholders than you have, you know, space. And yeah. that it sort of allows you to keep it interesting and, and yeah, that's, different that's true. Week. That's true. And what we try and do um, is balance that out. We we don't we don't need fifty potato growers, and we don't need you know an excess of anything particularly. But what we try and do is keep uh, interesting stallholders. Well, we have a lot of long term stallholders. We have people who have been here since day one. Mm. Uh, Who's that? Uh, <laughs> well, um, Mick Ordino. Uh, uh, there's a whole list of them. Yeah, there's, from there's the a original, lot. From yeah, the, the original. original there's a lot of originals <laughs> that are still here. That's great. Um, Minto, Galloway, Minto's. Uh, they're, they're day one people. There's a lot, um, and we can give you the list of those yeah, if you yeah, wish. Sure. But, but uh, <laughs> uh, so they're really great, and they've been here all, all the way through. But in terms of um, applications, we we probably average you know four or five a week. Uh, yep. New people. applications. Yeah, wow. um, a lot of people with some hairy ideas about what they want to do, <laughs> and a lot of people that simply don't sit sit uh, within the template that we sure. that we have for uh, an, uh, a storeholder here. So we're pretty careful about that, um, and we're pretty careful about not. Whilst we we encourage competition, but we're very careful not to overdo that, so that we end up with everybody not making any money and and therefore not sustainable, and therefore we lose everybody. So uh, it's a very, very delicate uh, balance that we have to maintain. Mm. Uh, but we're, yeah, because of our reputation and because of what we are, what we are, um, we do have a flood of people. We have a very long waiting list, mm. and uh, we think that's healthy. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, since, since you guys started, you know, over a decade ago, um, there seems to be a bit of a proliferation of many different farmers markets in all sort of corners of Australia. It's a it's a sort of a model that seems to be growing. People like talking to the producers about where their food um, sort of comes from. What's your sort of how have you how have you seen seen that sort of market grow and people's response? Um, I think you're absolutely right. Um, when we first started there. There was no other farmers market in this region, in this area that that, that was so. Some, I think Wagga had a, a once a month uh, market, but in Canberra and the region here, there was very little. Now we've got them 
popping up all over the place. And I think this, this market's inspired people to um, say, well, we can do that too. Um, the, the real difficulty is it's easy to put a market up, um, but the real difficulty is getting the right sort of people to come and, and be participants in the market and bring the right product. And if you go around, one of the things that we're very proud of in this market is that is the authenticity that we spoke about earlier. If you go around a lot of other these smaller markets, you'll notice that there's a proliferation of some some growers, some agents, some some basket weavers. Some you know, mm. uh, there's a, there's a whole range. We've c- tried to keep this purely a food uh, and, a, and horticultural market, so that mm-hmm. we don't actually have people always wanting to come here. Oh, I can sell dog bones, or I can sell baskets, or I've got this, I've got that. So. We try not to do that. We, mm-hmm. we try to keep it focused. The people who come here, our customers, are focused. Exactly. They know what they want. 100%. They come here because they they trust and rely on the, the product mm. that we have here, uh, and that's why they come back. Yeah. And we have, um, you know, upwards of eight thousand people a morning come through this market, which is quite remarkable. Mm. Uh, every one of them comes here to buy something. So mm. nobody comes here to kick tires. They come here to exactly to. Uh, it's to great, enjoy. and yeah, like you say, and as soon as you start <coughs> moving away from, you know. You need fruit and veg. You need milk. You need bread. You mm. need all those things every week. Yeah. And but you don't need baskets every week. No, you don't. You don't That's need. Right. You, you know that sort yeah. of thing. So and, and we we survey uh, we quite regularly survey our our uh, customer base, and uh, we, we know pretty well what they do and what they want. And the spend the spend here is quite substantial. Yeah. Uh, and most people have now swung over the, the regulars at least who come here now come and do their weekly shopping here. Oh, and yeah. there's very little that they can't get. Um, in terms of their grocery and green, green veg and so forth and, mm. and fruit, uh, they don't have to go to the major chains. They mm. can get it here and they can walk away knowing that they've got as fresh as you could possibly get it. That's great. And I was talking to, I was talking to John Pye about this. Um, the, beauty, the beauty of it as well is that, for me, I mean, I, I shop here all the time. I, I, just, I just got myself a couple of bags because my fridge is empty before I came in here. Um, Coming to the markets on a Saturday morning is is an event you look forward to. You can come here and you can have a coffee and you can have some brekkie and you can sit with your friends and family, <coughs> chat, get all your beautiful things, talk to people. It's great, but no one wants to go to a supermarket. Going to a supermarket is a chore. Coming here is an event that you look forward to. And my fridge has been empty for the last two days because I don't want to go to a supermarket. I want to wait until Saturday. Yeah, hanging, out, hanging out the exactly. market. Yeah. That's true. And that's, that's part of, uh, of what we're very proud about because um, people do want to come here. You don't see them setting up picnic tables in Woolworths. Um, but, but more importantly, people people can confidently take away stuff that uh, that will last them the week or the fortnight uh, because it's, it's picked yesterday or, exactly. or picked last night yep. or, or baked uh, three o'clock this morning. You know, and, and that's that's the benefit of, of these sorts of markets, and they're very strong because of that. Yeah, definitely. But it's very easy for a market to lose uh, to lose focus and to to drift off. You have to have a very steady hand in terms of controlling it, to, so that you've got you've got that product happening like that, mm. um, because there's always there's always people out there who want to just bend the rule a little bit and want to want to go down another mm. pathway. Well, we don't allow that. Yeah, no, and, well, that's uh, good. It's 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 like any business. It's a delicate balance to keep it to keep it running the way it is and to keep it successful. Yeah, when you've yes, got to have yes, it is. And, and uh, it's an interesting mix because this is a Rotary Club uh, owned and operated by our Rotary Club. But yet we have to treat, and, and Rotary is all about um, community service and looking after other people, which is right. But we have to run this like a business. 
course. Uh, and and the, the product of that business goes back to the Rotary Club, who then return the return the, uh, the, the the revenue that we make here back to the community in other ways. Uh, so it's a, it's a it's a full circle that we do here, uh, and we're very proud of that too because we, it allows us as a Rotary Club to assist and help you know many many people out there with mm. all sorts of issues and so on. So um, we, we feel that we've we've putting our fair effort into the oh, community. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think people recognise that, you know, the intention comes from, from the right place, you know, and I think that yeah. there, there is there is so many markets popping up and, you know, not to discredit any, anyone's efforts, but I, like in the past, not in Canberra, but in other regions, I've, I've seen sort of markets that have popped up for a few weeks here and there and then, and then gone away. And yeah. it seems like people seem to think, well, if I can get 40 storeholders mm. and each of them to pay this amount, they see they see that amount of money as a, a, a as a business proposition and something that that's right. something, something <coughs> they can profit from. That's right. But being a Rotary Club and having a community focused, yeah. you know, grounding. Well, the other the other part of this this proposition is is very interesting too. That that this market has actually um, sustained producers and farmers through some very hard times. Mm -hmm. There are people here that I can take you around and talk to in this market where they will say, had this not been for the market. We wouldn't be here. We'd be off our land. We'd be off. No, no, no farm left. No machinery. No. I can also take you around and show you people here who have got new trucks and bought new tractors. I've just been talking to uh, one of our storeholders down here who's got the the fish down here. Mm -hmm. They're currently building a new trawler. Wow. Uh, that that's going to be on the water and and, and fish fish uh, out there and and they come directly to these markets. Yeah. Um, Beautiful stuff, you know, stories where people have actually been able to stay on the land, do what they love doing, their families survived, and that gives us a pretty warm mm. heart. That's fantastic, and it was something that, that I definitely wanted to talk to you about, because in talking to producers and other people from farmers markets and things, I was talking to Michael Hulse before I came and, and spoke with you, but it this farmers market system provides an opportunity for people to earn a living mm. producing mm. in in a way in which it's not the startup capital isn't as massive as if you were trying to wholesale you yeah. know you can you can have a, a few acres or you can have a little little shed in a commercial area somewhere where you yeah. make your product and you know, being at a place like this can provide you an income and allow you to follow follow yeah. a path yeah. that is something that you've wanted to do rather than, you know. Well, we, interestingly, we've had um, a number of our storeholders, quite a few actually now, that, that have come here, started from nothing uh, with a little little sort of kitchen operation. Uh, one in particular uh, who, who's now left our market because they've become so successful that they haven't got time to come anymore. Mm. They now they now export overseas. They they send their product to every capital city in Australia. They supply the big chains, uh, and they started off here with a with a, with a little little outfit that uh, they were almost on the on the on the boards at that stage. So yeah. and there's lots of examples of that exactly. where people have yeah, come here. They've grown. They've got their product launched. They go up and away they go. That's and it. we're pretty proud of that too. Oh, we're not really pleased when they leave us, but you know. Yeah, of <laughs> but we understand that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was talking to the guys from the Muesli Bar before yeah. I came here, and they're in the middle of fitting out their own shopping fish. With yeah. And that's it's it's that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly right. People, yeah. Exactly right. There's quite a number of people who started started exactly. here and now have got their shops and so forth. So. Yeah. It's it it really is a springboard, and uh, um, it's it's part of you know it's part of what we do, and mm. and uh, we, we we like the fact that we can encourage people to mm. to go through on that. And the number of new applications that you have every week, like you say, four or five new applications yeah. a week, is testament yeah. to 
people seeing that opportunity <coughs> to be able to make something of, of what they want to do. Yeah. People can people might have packed in a job in the public service or mm. something and said, "There's farms markets around. Yeah. There's there's a venue, uh, an avenue for me to be able to sell something that I that I enjoy making that I'm passionate about. Well, so we I'm have, give it a try. We have a lady down here who was a, quite a senior public servant uh, who got a redundancy payout. So she went off to Adelaide and did a year's cheese making course and mm -hmm. became a uh, a cheese maker yep. and uh, and came back. Yes, right. Yep. Came back and uh, put the put the uh, you know about it. Put, yep. put the uh, act together, and here she's in our market. Then she's making cheese and she loves it. Then. Uh, I think that's a remarkable story, and, and we have lots of stories like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. fantastic. It really, it's it's very healthy, and it, it allows people. And I think the other thing as well um, that I did talk to Michael Hulse about was that the average age of a farmer in Australia is sixty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And this opportunity, the <coughs> opportunity to give people through farmers markets, allows for younger people to become interested mm. and to to say, well, maybe I won't, you know, pursue a career in public service or in you know a corporate environment or whatever it may be because there's opportunities out there for yeah. me to make money i was talking to people at the um sage farmers markets in maria or up, up in Dulla and there's you know there's a, a 21 year old girl there who's just started you know free range free range chickens and mm. producing eggs because she's mm. seen it she's mm. seen it, she wants to do it and that's her opportunity yeah. and there's numerous other examples of that yeah. and having a younger generation embracing yeah, the opportunity to produce right. is absolutely sometimes it's a bit um, a bit sad because we have people that take off on a on a tangent um, we, we would like them to come and talk to us about it so your example for instance you know I'll go and do I'll go and do free range chickens and I'll do eggs and I'll come to the market and sell them but, but getting back to what I told you before, we have to regulate that too. So we've got enough egg producers at the moment. So somebody like that would say, well, I'm sorry, but you know, we don't have room for you, which is sad. Yeah, um, is. Had they come and spoken to us in the first place, we could have told them that and said, look, you know, but, but we might need this or that. You might try this or, or some other product. But um, again, it's about regulating it. And it's for the good of everybody so that mm. everybody uh, actually gets there. And that sort of thing as well, like the guidelines that you guys have, when people get an understanding of what what's needed at the markets or mm. what you guys look for mm. in new applicants yeah it it inspires a bit of creativity and people thinking well i do want to get yeah. out of my my occupation so i'm yeah. going to think about a product that isn't very common that's something mm. that i i'll be able Absolutely. to produce and we have a we have an overriding philosophy that's very simple and it's just simply is it good for the market yeah you know and we we apply that that stamp to everything that comes across the desk we say well you know our, we, this is run by a committee um, and and uh, we we look at everything that comes across Adrian is the manager of course but but the committee actually <coughs> makes the decisions on those sorts of things she'll make a recommendation we'll make the decision and and we'll always we'll always apply is it good for the market is this the best that we can do you know, is this going to injure the market, or is it going to grow the market? Is it mm. going to help us, or, or, or not? Um, so that, that's that's really important to, to when we make that decision. Mm. Um, besides all the authenticity stuff and everything else, but really, back to is it good for the market? Yeah. And uh, and if it is, let's do it. Great. Right. Let's put them in. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about was uh, getting chefs involved in the markets, and and you know having having chef demonstrations in the past and. And, and that sort of thing, it re it you know like like these books where there's a connection between producers, chefs, and the customer, it it sort of brings that whole cycle together. Is it, is that something sort of that was the aim from the start with that? Well, we do that as you probably know, yeah. Um, and yeah, that that started a long way back where uh, a very um, young Tom Moore who was 
a young Australian chef of the year at the time came to us and, and we talked about doing exactly that, about bringing his young apprentices into here to have them, uh, you know, uh, for, for face, face to face with the product and the producers and so forth so they could learn about it. And the very, the very first thing I ever did was uh, I was invited to go to uh, a dinner that they'd put on and they had started this concept by taking the apprentices out to the farm, selecting the pig, uh, taking it to the to the uh, abattoir, having it done, having it dressed, cut it down, uh, and then they were given the task of making 13 dishes, 13 separate different dishes wow. out of that pig, <laughs> uh, and it was an amazing night, and the, and the kids the kids loved it. And uh, but the but the concept behind it was learn about what you're dealing dealing with, learn how to uh, how to produce that stuff, learn where it comes from, and respect. What you what you've got, exactly. and respect the product, respect the vegetable, respect the pig, um, so that everybody you know everybody understands fully what. And I think there's been a resurgence in that, and uh, and that's why we've now moved that we've now moved that to the the CIT mm-hmm. with the young chefs there, and they they've embraced that, and it's really great. And the kids come in here and they do their do their cooking, and they do, and, and our stallholders have embraced it as well, and they sort of you know, they donate the product to them so that they could go away and do it. And, and demonstrate. So it, it really is a successful part of it. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but our Rotary Club also has a very substantial scholarship that goes with that. So that the top three kids each year um, get sent away. We've sent kids to London. We've sent kids to all around the world to study and to look at the best chefs in the world, the very best, and the best restaurants. And um, they've, they've done really well out of that. And they've loved it. So we're pretty proud of that. Yeah. Actually, last year's winner about to go to London and do four weeks' work experience in the Novo. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, exactly. So that's another give back that this, this market does too. And it's, it's all about that, that's all about sustainability of, of shifts. And mm. one, of the, one of the concerns that Tom Moore had when he came and spoke with me is um, I can't keep my apprentices. Mm. They're, they're tiring out before, you know, I mean, he's a 20-year-old being tired out, you know. Um, think about us. <laughs> but, but yeah, they were they were unable to keep the kids because they were they were just actually there was no future. They couldn't see a future. They mm. couldn't see they couldn't see them. Yeah, and and like any apprentice, you've got to inspire them to do something bigger and greater than than what they what they're currently doing right now, which is chopping veggies or laying bricks or whatever. You know, if you teach a kid that you. To, let him understand that he'll be able to build that house one day himself exactly. or he'll be able to you know, be the top chef in the world or anything like that but it's, it's about inspiring them to, yeah. to do what they can do mm. uh, showing, so, showing people what's yeah. possible so we thought that was a great fit with our market we thought yeah. that, that, that was something that we could embrace and we, we still do so we went away and we, we built a beautiful kitchen for them and a, a good commercial kitchen and they cook away down there and have a great time mm. that's great, it really sort of completes the cycle and, and some of the probably biggest patrons of this market are Canberra chefs. They are. You know. And, and that's another thing that's happened. Uh, in, 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 a lot of restaurants come here now and do their shopping because they know what they're getting again. They know that it's a fresh, you can't get any fresher than here. Exactly. You can't get any more, the quality any better than what comes here. And that's another thing that we look at in these markets. We don't, it's very easy in a market like this to suddenly have a dumping procedure. So you get somebody who can get cheap cherries, but they're, they're second or third grade cherries or, or cheap apricots or some you know some sort of line like that. It's easy to come and say, look, oh, we can we come to the markets, and some markets will let them in, mm. and they'll come and say, let's let's flog our let's flog our second rate cherries or our second rate fruit. Um, yeah, and that's all very good for a couple of weeks, and then they leave. Um, yep. 
and our and our customers take them home and say, oh, these, these aren't so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that diminishes what we're trying to do here. So we don't allow that. Mm. Uh, and in fact, you know, if they can't put the best product forward here, then they're not going to be here. Mm. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's, it's so important to have those types of management practices mm. because mm. people come to a farmer's <coughs> market because they know the produce is the best you can yeah. get. If they want to yeah. get, you know, crap from... Yeah, great stuff. Then there's places you can do that. That's true, but it takes a firm hand, and it, it you know, and, and sometimes people look at us and think we're pretty harsh because we mm. we do we do take pretty strict measures uh, seriously, and and <coughs> and we do deal with things. If things happen and people do things like that, we don't muck around. Yeah, um, they're not going to be here. They're, yeah. they're gone. Yeah. and if we catch them cheating and bringing stuff in from uh, you know Flemington markets or whatever, they're gone. Yeah, and they never come back. Mm. You never get a second chance here. If you don't do the right thing and you get caught doing it, then you're gone. There you go. Well, I mean, it, it's definitely working. And, you know, <laughs> you've gone from 15 stalls. 2003 yeah. was the start? Yeah, yeah. So how yeah. many now? Oh, we, so we average, um, you know, hundreds. Well, stall sites um, can be up upwards of 160. Exactly. Um, and so, four or five yeah. new applications a week. So, yeah, you know. We're, yeah, we're, we're actually uh, limited by our space here. I know, yeah. That, that's, that's another thing. We, we, you know, we could probably be twice as big if we wanted to be. Right. But this is a great facility. And, and I have to uh, give credit to Epic and, and the ACT government who have supported that. Yeah. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't sort of not billed us for the... <laughs> we leased the thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but they have been supportive in their own way. And, and, uh, and you know, they've, they've increased the facilities here and, and, and helped that. So that's been really good. Yeah. Um, now we'd love to build another couple of sheds like this, but... But, uh, that's probably not going to happen. Is, is, is there any, you know, uh, looking to the future? Is there any ideas or plans for expansion or ways of doing things differently at all? Or are you sort of happy with the model and stick oh, to the guns for a while? We're fairly happy with the model, but but in saying that, we're also conscious of we have to look to the future and we have to look to to where we're going. Um, a lot depends on what government decides to do, particularly with in terms of the, the uh, light train, sure. light rail yeah. uh, operation going through Canberra, um, depending on what they do with that and where we go. We've, we've always got and always have had a contingency plan for moving it if we need to, sure. um, but we don't really want to do that if we don't, if we don't have to. I mean, the other thing is that um, you've got to keep balancing the number of stalls, the number of people coming through the, this place. So there's no point having 3,000 stalls here if you're only getting 2,000 people through. <laughs> so exactly. it's, it's something that we, that we balance very carefully and, and, uh, and try and keep that, that, that balance right. Yeah. We're not in the business of bringing people in here so they go broke or, or so that they don't make money and they leave. Uh, we want them to make money. We want them to be successful. Uh, by the same token, we don't want them to... We don't want them to get greedy either. Mm. So we regulate that by <coughs> with competition. So if we find that somebody's actually gouging a bit deeply, uh, we'll, we'll put another little bit of competition in for it. That's not bad. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good way no, of We, we can't, you know, we, 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 with consumer, consumer laws, we can't tell anybody what they will charge or won't charge. Yeah. But we can put in competition and we can put it right beside them if we have to. That's great. Yeah. So we don't shy away from that either. Yeah, great. Um, just, just to wrap up, I think, you know, the uh, <coughs> underlying thread of, of, of the farmer's market system, new people becoming producers and the patrons that shop at a place like this, is that it seems to me that there is a, a, an upsurge of 
people making healthier food choices, whether it be the produce that they choose to buy or exactly what it is and what they eat. Um, and one of the big parts of that, I think, is the connection to the food that you touched on earlier. So mm. getting to know the farmers, edu being educated about, you know, the the dangers of the importation of grain for mm. feedlots or the mm. pesticides or herbicides used mm. in, in sort of mass production <coughs> and things like that. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's only been since 2003 that people have had in Canberra access, access to that sort of information through directly dealing with farmers. That's right. And, you know, which is, which, is, which is quite young. So I hold out a lot of hope for, mm. for the future because it seems like it's, 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 once you shop at a farmer's market, you're not going to stop and say that wasn't a good experience, I don't think. Yeah, look, you know? I, I, think, yeah I think you've touched on a really interesting, interesting point. Um, People certainly, there's no doubt that people have, have had an awakening in terms of the food that they eat. And for many, many years, for many, many decades, um, the world has been served up with a lot of crap, really, uh, from, from big manufacturers. But, um, but, but that's true, you know, and, and, and suddenly people have, and through, through the media uh, exposés that they've had out there, but people have suddenly realised that there's, you know, we've been salted and salted and wrapped and, and, and so forth, and we've been overdone in here and overdone with chemicals and all sorts of stuff. And I think people have realised that you know, enough's enough, and, and those that care about their their health and their family's health, I think they've said, well, here's an opportunity to, to do something about that ourselves. The other side of that argument is that uh, supermarkets and uh, big chains have, have always traded on a convenience philosophy. And although they put up the fresh food thing there, I can tell you a story, and, and, and there's marketers, market, store marketers here that will tell you the same story, that one particular fellow was telling me that he grew tomatoes for Woolworths. Uh, and uh, you might take Woolworths out and just put a... Mine leave it in. But, well, you know. But this, this, he tells me that they, grow, they were growing tomatoes and they were required to pick the tomatoes dead green. And they brought them to their, to the, the, they sold them through their agent to, to Woolworths and they were stored. And he said to me, how long do you reckon they stay there like that? And, and I said, oh, you know, probably a week or something. And he said, try months. Mm. Try months. And then they gassed them and bring them up red and, and put them through their fresh food markets. So that's the sort of thing that's out there that's going on that, that people are really terrified. Uh, one of our seafood people here was telling me when she was bringing prawns in, she said, and of course they're fresh and they're chemical free. I said, what do you mean chemical free? Prawns aren't. What, what, what prawns? She said, she said, well, when you buy retail prawns from the, from the um, you know, retail shops and so forth, um, you can order them, you can have them red, very red, not so red. Um, and you, and uh, you'll often see, you will have seen prawns that have the little bit of black behind the gills of the prawn. Um, that, all prawns get that uh, after after you know a, a 24 hours or so, but they if they dunk them in chemicals, they don't get that. So you very rarely will see a prawn in a in a fish shop or anywhere else that's got a little bit of black behind the gills because they've been dunked. Wow. So who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought that prawns would have been would have have, have a chemical issue? Not only can you order the colour you want them, uh, but you can order them uh, chemically dipped. So they're the sort of things that they're the things that are underneath the surface that people don't even know about. 
but you come to a place like this and you know what you can be sure of is what you see is what you get exactly fantastic mm. well thanks for thanks for doing what you're doing guys because it's definitely <laughs> contributing to you know he- a healthy healthy food culture a healthy dialogue between people farmers education yeah. so Thank you. Thanks. I, I'll have to say to you that one of the things we have to pay tribute to is, is a, a Rotary Club like ours. It's, it's, a, it's a community service organisation and all the, all the work that goes into this is voluntary. Yeah. So all these guys that are around here um, put their own time and their effort and their work into it and uh, it's all about, not about us, it's about you, the community. Yep. And, no that's, and that's why we do it. Great. All right. Thanks, so, Tony. So there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to my conversation with Tony Howard from the Capital Region Farmers Market. If you want to find out more about the market, you can head to their website, capitalregionfarmersmarket.com.au. If you want more of these podcasts, you can go to our website, quicksandfood.com, and click on the podcast page. You can also go to iTunes and Stitcher, where you can find the whole season of the Capital Cookbook 3 podcast. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're at quicksandfood on Facebook and on Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you again next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>